It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. What is the Flint water crisis? What contaminated the water? And how is the city's water supply today? We'll answer all of these questions and more on this edition of Getting Schooled. I'm Abby Hornacek. For nearly a decade, thousands of people in Flint, Michigan, have suffered from unsafe drinking water due to the city's contaminated water supply. Now, while the Flint water crisis was once under the national spotlight, Many people don't realize the city still does not have clean drinking water today. So what is the state of the Flint water crisis right now? And what are some of the short-term and long-term effects on the people of Flint, Michigan? And how has public awareness of this humanitarian issue impacted the local community? Here to talk to me about the Flint water crisis is Florida State University Professor of Sociology and African American Studies, Dr. Catronelle Davis. And Dr. Davis joins me now. Dr. Davis, how are you doing over there in Florida? I'm doing quite well. How are you? Um, Doing well now that you're on with me to learn more about what happened in Flint, Michigan, because this was a big thing. I remember in 2015 when um, all this kind of started to come to light and I was like, wow, I cannot believe that this is actually happening. Let's just break it down from the start. What exactly was the crisis and um, how did we figure out that this was happening? Well, the, the water crisis that emerged in Flint, Michigan, is the result of uh, uh, water treatment norms um, being ignored after a water uh, source change or shift occurred in Flint, Michigan. And so let me bring this, let's walk this back just a bit. Uh, the power in uh, uh, the city of Flint was taken over by the state of Michigan via an emergency manager uh, law. That law and that opportunity was used to essentially sign Flint up to change its water supply. This happened in April of 2014. Uh, and when it happened, it didn't happen the way it was supposed to, right? What's supposed to happen? Well, the water's supposed to be um, continuously uh, tested. There are uh, certain treatment protocols, in particular corrosion uh, treatment pro- protocols that are supposed to be followed. Those weren't followed. And as a result, the water system was essentially destroyed in the wow. state of so why weren't those followed? That's not, that sounds like a very simple thing, that if you're going to change the water supply, that you just follow the rules so that it doesn't affect the people living in that city. Absolutely. A lot of things seem simple, straightforward, right? But we still don't do them. Mm. We we'll figure out why that particular or those protocols weren't followed, because it seems as though lives are could be at stake, you know, um, why not do or um, uh, do what's required here, particularly when it's not incredibly expensive, right? Uh, um, what they what they could have spent or what they needed to spend to to um, just treat the water appropriately 
compared to what it will cost and will continue to cost to 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 fix the water system is not even comparable. Mm-hmm. You know, you bring up the fact that kind of what was the impetus of this was that there was this change in the water supply. Why did Flint need to change its water supply? Flint didn't need to change its water supply, but I, I should say that Flint, uh, like other uh, small, poor cities, have had issues making, you know, um, uh, getting clean water consistently. Mm-hmm. And, and getting clear communication about issues with the water um, from the people who are supposed to provide it. And so this isn't uh, an issue that just sort of emerged out of nowhere. Um, this is an issue that's uh, part of a process of what we know is just benign neglect. Right. Some places we see issues, we deal with them. For instance, when the city of Flint um, and it's, it's, its issues with lead uh, um, exposure became um, public 90 miles away in the uh, city of Ann Arbor. They said, okay, we, we likely have problems with our lead as well. Let's fix them. Their, their lead pipes and issues were pulled up <laughs> before they started addressing anything in Flint. Wow. So yeah, that, that brings me. So what, what exactly was in the water in Flint that was causing this issue? Well, what was in the water in Flint causing the issue is uncontrolled, unmitigated uh, bacteria that and I I mentioned the bacteria um, initially in uh, before I I go into lead, because we still have yet to be very clear about the types of bacteria found in the water that um, negatively impacted Flint residents, Flint residents. Right. When this was um, um, noticed and I and I want to want it to be clear that. The, um, the local officials, they did not have power. The state had power um, and there were bureaucrats uh, in place to support Flint residents dealing with water. However, their water issues weren't ignored. They were continuously um, uh, or they weren't addressed. They were continu- con- continuously ignored. In fact, the water was coming up orange in many areas. Wow. It- and people were complaining about it. They were complaining about um, issues with uh, consistent rashes. Uh, and, and people were also complaining about pets not being willing to drink the water. And so it was at the end of the day, it was Flint residents that that really um, put this uh, in our face. Um, let the world know uh, that things were happening in Flint that were problematic. They were paying for really bad water. Um, and they had to call upon outside people, uh, um, researchers to help verify this issue. So what was in the water? Bacteria, unmitigated, uncontrolled bacteria. That bacteria um, caused those those rashes to emerge and in many cases or in some cases caused or actually took lives um, through uh, existence of uh, Legionnaire bacteria Um or, or the bacteria that cause uh, Legionnaire's uh, disease. Uh, at least 30 people in Flint died because of that. And then we also know that there was lead in the water. Um, we know that because we tested for lead, right? We can also test for lead or there are indicators of, of lead in um, the system when you uh, 
pull the data from the state that tracks blood in in the kids who are who are tested for blood or blood lead. And so after this water switch and before the water switch, kids were tested for lead exposure. And after the wow. was clear that um, there was a problem with lead and it was even being picked up or or, um, or or it was even impacting the kids in the community. And so there was plenty of problems with the water. That said, we still don't know the extent to which, you know, um, uh, or we don't know all of the problems that exist because there's hasn't been a clear uh, drive to make sure that we're incredibly clear, crystal mm-hmm. clear about what was facing or what was problematic in that water and what Flint was facing at the time. So, so are you saying that um, the water was tested for bacteria? That's how we knew there was bacteria. And then the reason we know there was lead was because that was showing up the, in the blood tests of kids? That's what that's how they knew. That's that was that's how we knew. And and they also knew when they went out to test uh, the the lead levels in various houses within Flint, about two hundred and thirty houses or so were tested Um, or it it could be somewhere between two thirty and and about three hundred houses were tested. We're talking that's a very, very small percentage, but you don't need a lot of. Um, examples of lead uh, right. to actually be caught to do something about it. And so, yes, absolutely. Um, lead problems popped up um, and people had to um, make it their business. Uh, and when I say make it their business, they, they call town meetings. They, they, um, uh, um, they set up pickets. <laughs> they, um, they, they uh, had meetings at churches, et cetera, just to discuss what was happening, what the next steps should be, et cetera. But ultimately, in many cases, their concerns were ignored. Even it, it was it's even the case. I remember when I had just um, gone out to Flint in 2016 to interview um, and ask residents what was going on. I, I learned that um, people had the option of having the state come out and test their water, but there was a six week wait. Oh, okay. That's an issue. That's absolutely yes. an issue. And I, you know, doctor, I remember reading that um, there was one Flint home that uncovered concentrations of lead more than 25 times higher than the level deemed actionable by the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. So to that point, what did the EPA and FEMA do? What was their reaction? Their reaction was uh, was slow. They were slow to act until the the uh, until the real data was put in front of the world to see, right? And, and I want to be incredibly clear when I when I state this. The EPA, uh, despite knowing that the city of Flint had uh, lead problems, ongoing lead problems with its with the system anyway, but in addition to that, after the water supply shift, the EPA was aware of the problems in Flint due to all of the concerns uh, voiced by its own investigators, um, um, ongoing concerns voiced by Flint residents, ongoing concerns um, voiced by Flint residents and you know that were kicked up to um, President Obama and then redirected to the EPA. They were aware, 
But what did the EPA do? They buried their heads in the sand. Mm. Nothing until it was clear that the city of Flint and its residents would not take it anymore. And they were willing to uh, uh, embarrass whomever in order to get the water cleaned up. And so the EPA, they were supposed to do what they were, were required to do. They were supposed to look into the aesthetic issues and the complaints that were voiced by residents. They mm-hmm. were supposed to um, be concerned about the, the high lead levels that were um, clearly being um, uh, that, that showed up in Leanne Walter's house, as, as well as other houses in Flint. They were supposed to act. They did not act. And they, and they were actually, this is a, a long pattern of the EPA of not acting in, in, in some way, sort of um, not being willing to uh, go against states' rights. So, for instance, the state of Michigan had de-invested from, it, de-invested from its uh, lead prevention program. And this was back in the early 2000s. And in, in whenever the EPA um, noted that it violated its, um, its uh, right or, or its obligation to notify residents of lead problems, et cetera, it would, the state would just cite it's it's um, the investment program and no one within the EPA did anything to step up to take over those vacated um, um, tasks. Now, fast forward to when Flint is now put in the national spotlight. Now the EPA assigns people in, in uh, um, warm bodies and, and resources to Flint because it's it's now on the time clock. And we mm. all know. That. So let's be clear. This isn't about just throwing money at a situation. This should be about cleaning up systems that just don't work. Absolutely. I mean, the the main focus should be on the health and safety of the people in these cities and in these states. So, you know, you, you bring up that when Flint was finally put on the national stage, that seems to be when more action was taken during that time or even afterwards. Were there other areas in the United States that were dealing with unsafe water conditions that eventually came to light because of what happened in Flint? Almost a decade before Washington, D.C. had a similar issue. Right. Um, this was exposed, I think, um, with the help of Mark Edwards again, Um um, sort of going against uh, or not going against, but exposing the EPA and, 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 and um, or issues with the EPA's uh, regulations, uh, local level regulation of, of water um, protection and, and, and treatment protocols. This was this is not an issue that's just specific to Flint or Washington, D.C. We also saw it in Newark. We've seen it you know, in various places throughout this, the U.S. And the problem, and, and this is very sad, we see, and, and I recently read um, President Biden's, um, in, uh, or President's, President Biden's um, plan to do something about lead exposure in our um, vulnerable cities. There's this, this idea that we could just throw money at um, circumstances, and it's, and it's a lot more complex than that we there's some unpacking that needs to happen for instance we look at the city of flint and its problem with lead in schools in in in, in particular if you look at that issue you would you have to say well you know on some level people were saying oh it was about the water that was coming 
into the, the schools at the time. But the, the actual um, uh, reports of what was happening within Flint schools say that it was lead parks that were still there well after federal laws were passed to make sure that those parts were removed. Wow. And so we're talking about not really, there are several decades of decline, neglect, um, uh, secrecy. And in, in many cases, a lot of this is because the people who do what who make the decisions, they're never held accountable for the things that they do. All right, we've got to step aside for a quick recess, but we'll be back right after this. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. So, Dr. Davis, I mean, you bring up the fact that you can't just throw money at a problem and then all of a sudden to fix itself. Obviously, that's not how life works. So if you could draft up a plan for Flint and future um, future places that might deal with a similar problem, what would that plan look like? First and foremost, if we fix or if we um, destroy a water system, we cannot say that that fixing one third to one half of the of the parcels in that community um, means that we fix the problem. Mm. So if we go into a city like Flint and we destroy the water system, we should be prepared to fix the water system. Second, if people in the city of Flint are um, impacted by water that they cannot use over five years and we allow a judgment or rather a settlement to go by that states that um, people can only claim up to $1,500 in damages. We have a problem, especially when we say that in order to claim the right to damages, you have to have access to, to tests that aren't, that haven't even been uh, approved. Right. Can you just, not to interrupt or jump in here? Um, can you just go back? I want to go back to something you said in the beginning, and and it talked about the you talked about the water systems. For someone who hasn't dealt with this, how long does it take to fix a water system? And, and is Flint still dealing with this problem today? So is Flint still do, dealing with the problem today? To some degree, it's it's been stated that their uh, water uh, remediation. Uh, um, project has been completed for the most part. Um, and in the city of Flint, it took, let's say, it, they started somewhere, I think, 2017, uh, fixing the water supply. It's It has been five years. But as I mentioned to you, the city of Ann Arbor decided that it had an issue um, or it will that decided that it would address its potential issue if if an issue exists and that they needed to study it and take care of it. And they did so within the year. Mm. Oh, and it's what should be clear is that it's we shouldn't also, you know, be concerned just with how long it takes, because I'm sure it would vary based on how um, big the water system is, how extensive the issues are, et cetera. But we also have to be concerned with uh, 
you know, whether or not, as I mentioned, we care about everybody's water being okay. Right. In Flint, we, it's actually, it's not in evidence because we don't talk about it a lot, but it took two and a half years for the, uh, the repairs to start happening in the places where children were most impacted by lead exposure because the, the money was targeted to go to the industrial sites in the city of Flint first. That's why I started with, let's try to treat people right. If we're gonna do this different, let's start by correcting the problem, really correcting the problem, and really in not treating the victims poorly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And part of that, you know, people got very sick. Some people died and Flint took a huge hit in its economy. Can you tell me how that played out? Oh, my. We're looking at um, extensive population, um, an extensive population drop in the city of Flint. Um, the, the city was somewhere just under 100,000 people um, right when this happened. Now somewhere around 80,000 people. Um, the city continues to deal with uh, poverty, unemployment, high crime rates, but it's increasingly so. Um, now that things are still, there's, there's still so much uh, chaos in the air. Um, and, you know, there's a, a great deal of, uh, I don't want to say a cynicism, but there's a, there's, a, there's a healthy amount of disbelief in um, city officials, in state officials, in state regulators. Um, and so that doesn't make a, a nice situation. It's, it's not a very comfortable situation. Why is that? Why do you think they are in such a state of disbelief after seeing all this evidence? City officials are trying to drum up uh, confidence. Okay. Them, right? They're trying to get people to buy in because people... For years, we're told that there was nothing wrong with their water. And then they had to find out on their own that indeed it was and the state knew it and, and hit it. And in some acts creates a, a certain amount of uh, um, distrust um, that is tough to walk back. Uh, and that distrust is is. I would say that it's even it's it's more difficult because nothing was done to the people in, in who uh, played a role in creating this crisis. And when I mean not when I say nothing, I'm talking about criminal charges, civil charges um, uh, in. In actual not just charges, but actual convictions, mm-hmm. these happen. And so people are, are still sort of like, you know, do people actually care? And so citizens um, are in a, in a space where there are people still fighting to ensure that Flint gets it a fair shake. At the same time, Flint citizens have no uh, choice but to move forward. That's the other thing that's awesome and, and, and cool about the city of Flint. It has a history of struggle. Look, there, there's a history of, of um, social justice um, um, uh, effort and people won't stop because they can't stop because they live there. Right. This is their <laughs> everyday life. Their everyday life. This is what this is, you know, 
Flinnis, you may uh, drive 45 miles away or 45 minutes away, rather, to work. The Flint is where they live. We'll be right back after this. So so to that extent, I mean, you've you've written about Flint's journey from crisis to recovery. How has that played out? And just as we wrap things up, what needs to happen for Flint to fully recover? I learned that people need accountability. And and what that means is is they're not looking for someone uh, to come in and 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 sort of pull some numbers and and claim that things are 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 uh, fixed. They want to ensure that this is um, indeed taken care of and that there's a consistent eye on this issue. Um, People are also looking for, uh, honestly, they need their their water system fixed. What that means, um, I'm not entirely sure, but I would because I'm not looking at the specs, I'm not looking, I'm not privy to everything that's been done, but whenever you have a, a, a settlement that sparks cleanup and cleanup is dictated by the terms in the settlement and that settlement only says, you only have to do a, a, a third, a little over a third of the parcels, that means that you didn't clean up the problem. Mm. And so what else needs to, be, needs to happen Besides the accountability, uh, uh, a full account of what's or fixing what you what you what you messed up, but we also need to come up with an, another system of regulation that puts us in a space where we're no longer fighter fighting for the data. The data is readily available, so that people, you know, regular citizens, can figure out whether or not they're in danger. And perhaps find some place at the table that makes decisions about water treatment um, protocols, uh, whether or not certain um, businesses should be located in their community. We think that we have those rights. But when you look at what actually happens, you figure out that we don't always do, particularly those people who are black, brown, and poor. to, I think, really treat this situation not as a a situation that we can just get rid of within 10 years by throwing money at particular, you know, causes that we think are driving these issues. Let's be clear. We actually know what the problems are. We test kids too old, so we can't really catch the water issue problems that exist in our community. We know what the issues are, right? problems that we're not actually dealing with them. We're throwing money at them when we get around to it. And that we only get around to it when people are aware that this issue could hurt them at any point in time. And so I just call on all of us to be aware of what could happen or what happened in Flint, um, because this could happen anywhere. It really and truly can. To the citizens, to to um, get the state um, interested in in changing or or, or addressing the issue. And it will consistently take citizens to, um, you know, make sure that issues like this stay on 
um, our policymakers' radars. We are serious about not being poisoned by the water we pay for. Absolutely. Water is something that we all need to survive. And it's only right that the citizens of Flint, Michigan, um, have their health and safety prioritized when it comes to their drinking water. So, Dr. Davis, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you bringing more context to this conversation and looking forward to continuing that conversation in the future. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed our discussion. If you missed anything from class, these are my office hours. And here are some top takeaways about the Flint water crisis. Number one, what was found in the water in Flint, Michigan, was bacteria and lead. Dr. Davis says there was uncontrolled and unmitigated bacteria, and we still have yet to be clear about the types of bacteria. But water was coming up orange in a lot of areas. Pets were not willing to drink the water. People were coming down with rashes and at least 30 people in Flint died from the bacteria. Number two, part of the reason this problem was discovered in the first place was because indicators of lead in the water came to light when data from the state found high levels of lead in the blood tests of children. And you could sign up to get your water tested, but it was a six week wait list. And number three. Dr. Davis says to use this story of Flint, Michigan as a cautionary tale for other cities that could experience a problem like this because it doesn't just affect health. It also affects the economy. In Flint's case, there was an extensive population drop in the city. The population started with somewhere just under 100,000 people and now it's just around 80,000 people. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast on the Flint water crisis. For more podcasts, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this one on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen and leave us a review. This has been Getting Schooled with Abby Hornacek on the Fox News Podcast Network. Class dismissed. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts.